Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. God's word. Also, Phil Steiger has about two dozen people. I think there's 24 of you from Living Hope Church. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your ministry. Uh, Pastor Brian Michaels is in the house from, uh, let's see, Calvary. Uh, That's Springs Lighthouse. Sorry, it used to be Rocky Mountain Calvary. Now it's Springs Lighthouse. Pastor Brian, just raise your hand again. Where are you? Thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Bradley Williamson, are you here from, let's see, no? Okay. Well, thanks for being on the radio, Bradley. Friendship Assembly. So these are local pastors that choose to take their messages and put them out to the rest of all of you. And it's an encouragement to me. I know it's an encouragement to you. And having local pastors on this radio station is super important. We love Pastor Jack Hibbs. We love to listen to real life radio. We love national ministries. Here's the thing. You can't go to Pastor Jack's church on Sunday if you live in Colorado Springs, unless you fly to Chino Hills to Southern California. So the local church is super important to this whole equation. So those pastors that can be heard every day, you get fed, then you can actually go to their local church and become part of the body of believers. So uh, with that, let me introduce Pastor Jack Hibbs, a great friend of mine. I first met Jack about 13 years ago. Michelle and I had moved from Tampa, Florida to Camarillo, California to work at the Salem corporate office. So Michelle hadn't come yet with the kids, so I'm working, going in early, working late leaving the office around 6.30, 7 o'clock, who do I hear? Jack Hibbs on KDAR 98.3 in Oxnard, California. And I've never heard of Pastor Jack Hibbs. Um, you know, many, many people had at that time, but I, I didn't know who he was. I started listening, and he just started to make his way into my heart. He started to connect with me. And I started listening every single night. I couldn't wait to work till 7 o'clock because I could get to listen to Pastor Jack. And so um, I, have, I have found his preaching to be direct, truthful, winsome, and he's a very eager teacher. So I'm listening, listening. So I say, you know, i got to go down and meet this guy. So I called him up, talked to his secretary, Robin Knapp. She made an appointment, went down 2011 to meet. Pastor Jack Hibbs, and I said, Pastor, I believe you need to have a much larger national platform. I believe you need to be heard broadly across our country. And he looked at me and he goes, really? (laughs) Really? I said, yeah, really? He goes, come on. He goes, come on, you have Alistair Begg, and you have David Jeremiah, and Chuck Swindoll. You don't need me. I said, no. We need you. We need your preaching of God's word, because you connect in a supernatural way, in a way that many other pastors can't do. So I said it then. And you said, okay, all right, brick by brick, we'll do it. And so, you know, we put him on in New York City. Fantastic. Great opportunity in Washington, D.C. Another amazing open door. Sirius XM, I was there on a Wednesday night. And I said, hey, Jack, we got this incredible opportunity. Sirius XM, Family Talk, 131, nationwide coverage. He said, well, let me, let me ask the people. Wednesday night is the mission service. And so he's up there preaching the gospel, and he made, made a plea, said, look, we got an opportunity on Sirius XM. Some guy listening in Seattle on the stream called in and said, I'll take care of the first year. He just told me at the NRB last, 
a few months ago, he said, the same guys paid for it every year since then so that Jack Hibbs can be heard all over the country on satellite radio. It's a miracle story, Jack. People need to know. And so we went on to Dallas and Philadelphia and almost every single Salem market. And what's happened now in these last five years since COVID, because, you know, again, Jack was faithful to not be pushed around by Governor Gavin Newsom. The state house doesn't tell the church house what to do. Can I get an amen on that? So his platform has continued to grow, and I just can't tell you what a deep abiding friendship means. Greater love has no man than this, than, a, than he would lay down his life for one of his friends. John fifteen thirteen, Dear friend, he's going he's gonna to minister to each and every one of you. Jack, come on and bring the word of God. Pastor Jack. Hibbs. It is his fault. You can't say no to to Chris and his love and his passion for Jesus. And uh, you got me all choked up there. We have done some things together and, um, we don't believe uh, at our church in any way, shape, or form of, believe it or not, putting ourselves out there. We just, the ministry's out there, but it's because uh, God's touched Chris Gould's heart every time this guy's so faithful to give us the opportunity to say no. He said, Jack, I'm just going to call you guys up. I'm going to, this market's going to open up in this place, in the nation or wherever, and we're going to just give you guys the opportunity to say no. And it seems like every time Chris calls us. God has provided the opportunity uh, to provide for that. And I want all of you to be encouraged by that. This is not the message tonight, but be encouraged by this. I have found out over 30, almost 34 years of ministry now, when we've walked this path with Chris and, and the wonderful people at Salem, that God always operates in the black, never in the red. That every time we found out that we had a couple of extra quarters... It was quickly snatched up by Salem. The timing's been amazing. Something comes in, in a matter of days or weeks, Chris calls and says, listen, we just got an opening in this location. God has always gone ahead of us. And we love operating within what what God provides. And that's an encouragement, and it should be to all of you tonight. Before we get going this evening, it's, it's obviously that we're heavy of heart with what's going on with Israel. And uh, we have great roots in Israel, not because we were born in Israel, we were not, uh, but we have been there 23 times, I think, taking tours. We have fallen in love with the people. If you've never been to Israel, you got to go. But um, to see what is going on there now... And to see what has transpired and what's, what's probably going to happen next is something that, regarding your Bible, regarding your faith and your love, even here in America, it's going to try us, everybody. It's going to test us. And we all had a trying moment with COVID in whatever degree. And wherever you're at in this nation, it tested the resolve of your pastor or the board or the congregants. And many churches folded up. Many churches changed. And it was a great test in the body of Christ. I believe that what's happening right now is the next test to the body of Christ. If you've, have you noticed that there are churches now dividing and splitting over the issue of Israel's right to the land? Is it really Israel? Is this a nation that we're supposed to really recognize? All of these things. And friends, listen, it all comes from not knowing the word of God chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And I'm blessed that you announced about this program that was recently put out by one of the pastors here in Haim. We did one last night live from Israel. I was live from Chino Hills, but we were with an Israeli, many of you know, Amir Serfate. And um, just what's going on there, everybody? This is, we're, we're watching history happen right now. 
And uh, it's, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and it's gone away. This is not going to end for a good while. So we need to be praying and we need to be, remember this, that we are to provoke the Jew to jealousy by our love for their God. Okay? We are to provoke, Paul said provoke the Gentiles or to provoke the Jew to jealousy because we know their God. I have a ring here and it's in Hebrew and it says, your people, my people, your God, my God. Uh, so I was sitting on a flight to uh, Tel Aviv, and this uh, w- woman sat down next to me, and she goes, uh, in her perfect Jewish way, she was about my age, um, uh, and she said, listen, I don't talk to people on planes. And I said, I don't talk to people on planes either. You have to know how to talk to Jewish people. And she said, so don't talk to me. It's 15 hours. I don't want to hear a word. I said, it is 15 hours, and I don't want to hear a word. This is how you have to do it. So she's put in her stuff. We haven't even pulled back from the gate yet at LAX. And she goes, why is it that you don't want to talk? And I said, I'm not going to tell you why. Lisa, I don't know how our seats got divided. Lisa's across the aisle. That woman and I talked about Jesus, about Israel for 15 hours. And she became convinced that I'm Jewish. I said, I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. She goes, how do you know our scriptures? How do you know all of this stuff? And I said, because my God's Jewish. He came 2,000 years ago. I said, we just talked about him through the whole flight. He was born in Bethlehem. We learned that from Micah. He was born in Bethlehem. That's where he comes from. You should know that. You're Jewish. You should know that. And you should know that he was pierced in his hands and his feet. We know that from David. In Psalm 22, you should know that. Lisa and I shared that with some friends of ours regarding the scriptures proving, friends, listen, you'll never know if the New Testament's true if you don't study the Old Testament. You know that? Do not, if you're going to be a New Testament church, you got to study the Old Testament. Because if you don't, listen, how can you know for sure if the New Testament's real if you don't know what was promised and prophesied in the past? See, the the Old Testament prophecies prophesied what's going to happen, and the New Testament records what happened. That's why Matthew, you read the book of Matthew, Matthew Matthew Levi, that's his name, Matthew. Matthew says, and this is what was written by the prophet saying, so friends, we are to provoke the Jew to jealousy, to know our God, and this is the hour. To love on them, send them letters of encouragement. Does Israel do everything perfect? No. No, we don't either. But he has commanded us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and to love on Israel. And we can do that. Our Christianity is, is, is wonderful enough to love on Palestinians, to love on Israelis, to love on Jordanians, to love on Peruvians. Look, you can even love on Californians. It is possible. It's possible. 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, and it came to pass that when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah from Gilgal was with him. Then Elijah said to Elijah, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. And Elijah said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went on together to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. That's a nice way of saying something else. Then Elijah said to him, Elijah, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to uh, to Jericho. Uh, but he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were there at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, do you not know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And so he answered and he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 of the men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan, that is the river. Now Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up 
and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that way, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And as it was that when they crossed over, Elijah said to Elijah, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elijah said, Please, listen everybody, please let me have a double portion of the Spirit that is upon you. And so he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken up from you, it shall be according to the word. Then it happened as they continued on and talked and suddenly a chariot of fire appeared and the horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind in the heaven and Elijah saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And so he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent his clothes in pieces. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen off from Elijah. And he went back to the Jordan River to its banks. And then he took the mantle that Elijah had. And Elijah had Elijah there smote the water where Elijah had stood, and when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that way, and Elijah crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were there at Jericho saw this happen, they said, the spirit of Elijah has fallen upon Elijah. And they came and they bowed down before him there. Father, I pray, we pray tonight, dear God in heaven, As we look at the Old Testament account, it's not a story. This is not a Bible story. This is an actual biblical account of what happened in the transference for the continuance of ministry without the falling of the mantle and without somebody picking it up, it doesn't continue. But we thank you, Lord God, that it is not a human design. It's got to be of God. And Lord, we live in a transitional, pivotal moment in our nation, our government, our faith, our freedoms in this world. So God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church tonight. We pray and all God's people said, Amen. So an awesome moment. You would no doubt, I would think, join with me and say, I'd love to see that. I, I would love to see Spielberg do something on this one. The amazing thing about Elijah, you know from Scripture that Elijah was a runner. Not only a prophet, but that guy could run. And so when Elijah says to Elijah, stay here. Notice with every journey, the prophet turns to his understudy and says, you stay here. I got work to do for God. But that young man wouldn't stay there. This is some sort of divine disobedience, I would say sanctioned by God, there's no way. And I love this young man's passion. He recognized that God has been working in your life, Elijah. You are the prophet of the Almighty God. And wherever you go, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do my best to keep up with you. And I wonder if it went like this, because doesn't it feel like this in ministry? Elijah takes off, and Elijah starts running. Elijah arrives, and Elijah eventually arrives. Huffing, tired, sweating. And I wonder if just when he caught his breath, Elijah says, whoops, the Lord's calling me now to Jericho. And he took off. And Elijah followed suit. He followed the man of God, knowing that God was moving, right? I trust today in this group. Salem sees to it, they encourage you, preach the word of God, teach it without apology. No, nobody can stop it. I come from the land of somebody trying to stop it, right? He, Gavin Newsom tried to shut us down in every way, shape, and form. And he can't do that. Nobody can, no human on earth can do that. We, we must obey God. That's clear in scripture rather than man. And what we were trying to do in California was just keep up with Jesus. And it's what we're still trying to do right now, is just keep up with him. 
because he's on the move and wherever he's at, things are happening. And I've never seen ministry like this. We have been going full bore, full time for 34 years, and I've never seen it like it is now. Now. During COVID, we baptized 3,011 people during COVID that came to Christ. Why did they come to Christ during COVID? Because they were scared. They were fearful. They were looking for hope. Now, the next wave of whatever's going to strike our nation, you might say, I'm so tired. Pastor, you can't say you're tired. You're not allowed to get tired. Can I share with you a little side note? Got a call the other day. In fact, the, my assistant came and he said, you've got to take this phone call. There's this guy calling from China, and he said he's going to kill himself, but he wants to talk to you first. And I said, well, wait a minute. If I talk to him, well, he's like, you talked to other pastors already, and he wants to talk to you. But you just said if he talks to me, then he's going to kill himself. So if I don't talk to him, he can't kill himself. So this is literally going on back and forth at the office. And then, honestly, it's almost like the mantle of Elijah came upon my shoulders for a second. And I said, give me a phone. And I called this guy up, and, I, and the phone rings. And he goes, hello. And I go, is this John? Yes. Who's this? This is Pastor Jack. Did you say that if you don't talk to me, you're, you're going to kill yourself? And if you do talk to me, you're, you're going to kill yourself. Yes, I did. I said, are you a Christian? And he said, uh, yes. I said, well, number one, you don't have any authority to now kill yourself. You can't do that. So that's off the table. What's your problem? You know what his problem was? His problem was he went down the list. I worry about this. I worry about that. I think about this. I work for a U.S. company in China, and this is the thing. And then I and I and me and I and me, me and I. And I said, listen to you. This is, my, this is my grief counseling, by the way. This is how it goes. I said, John, listen to yourself. In the last five minutes, all you talked about, I think if I was counting, there's 27 me's and I's in what you just said. Dude, that's your problem. You understand that? You may be a Christian, but you've got your eyes so set on things that are just eating you up that you can't even see God in the midst of what you're doing. You think you're working for this company in China because that company wants you to work there? You just told me you're a Christian. You're in a land where God has sent you as a missionary and the company's paying for it. Wake up and see the opportunity. This is amazing. Stop thinking about yourself because the danger is this. The danger is if in time of trouble you think about you, then there's no opportunity or time for you to think about others. And Satan has become very proficient at that right now in ministry. A lot of pastors, I hope God sends healing in this area, but pastors have social media. I don't think pastors should have social media. You say, Pastor Jack, you have social media. I really don't. I write things down or I'll post something. Listen, I don't have social media. Okay, here's what I do. I, I control it. I say something about Israel. I say something about how demonic anti-Semitism is. I cite chapter and verse about this and this. I'll speak up about this and I'll type it and I'll put it and I'll hit send. And away it goes. And then I leave. I never go back to read. Did you see? Pastor Jack, we're praying for you. I hear this all the time at church. Okay, thank you. And I'm wondering, do I look okay? Is my zipper down? What, you, you feel so odd. We're, we're praying for you. All right. Well, then I find out, did you see what those people said online about you? Nope. <laughs> Seriously, I don't read it. You want to know why? I'm still trying to get more of this into my head and into my heart. <laughs> I don't have time for that stuff. Listen, pastors, use the social media as a way to advance the gospel and truth. But don't let a mantle of the world's opinion fall on your shoulders. It, it'd be like concrete landing on you. Notice that when... Elijah's mantle fell upon Elijah. When you read 2 Kings, let's be honest, you know who Elijah is, but all the amazing stuff happened with Elijah. God answered his request. And Elijah says, man, I tell you what, I'd love to give you a double portion of the ministry that God gave me, but that's not for me to decide. You've asked a tough thing. But apparently, if you happen to see me go up, 
then, you know, maybe it's all yours. It's all in the mantle, I guess, you know. And he saw it. Friends, he kept up with Elijah like we are going to keep up with Jesus. We are exhausted at times. Look at me. I'm 29 years old. Uh, No, I'm kidding. We're exhausted. Are we not exhausted? But isn't that what Paul said? Paul said to Timothy that we need to labor in the gospel, agonizo. And he also used the word gymnazo. You recognize both those Greek words, don't you? Agonizo. We struggle through the ministry because we're locked on the target. That's why things are crazy right now. That's why crazy things are coming against your family. That's why your board has gone crazy. (laughs) That's why things are happening in your church. Your usher bit somebody the other day. What? That never happened before. Of course it never happened before. We're in the last days, man. It's crazy. Things are nuts. And if you don't have your eyes fixed on Jesus, you're going to get knocked off course. You can't let that happen. So with all the stuff that's going on, dial down like you've never dialed down before on Christ. And the greatest way to do that is to just stick with what we know. You don't need to download somebody's, can you believe this stuff? Friends, listen, for those of you who are not pastors, I'm going to tell the non-pastors the stuff we get in, in the mail. It comes in the mail or maybe email. And it says, this ministry, we want to come alongside you. Pay us fifth, just send us a check for $1,500 a year, and we will give you a sermon printout point line 52 sermons a year for you to preach for $1,500. Click here. Do you know what? If that's not from Satan, I don't know what is. If you go to the pulpit with somebody else's sermon, and you expect God to bless it, it ain't going to happen. Remember, manna was for the day. Okay, now I'm not, listen, I'm a big fan of reading Charles Spurgeon. I read people who are dead. It's safe. <laughs> you, if you, it's, look, I love Dr. David Jeremiah and uh, Dr., or John MacArthur's not too far from us. They're, not, they're great, but let me tell you, I'm still a little, it's still a little sketchy because they're still alive. Do you know what I'm saying? People can change their mind while they're living. It's, once they die, it's like, <laughs> thank God. I love that guy. He's dead. <laughs> he can't change his mind now. So there's an old saying, if they're not dead, they're not red. <laughs> and so you read these great, these greats like, you know, J.C. Ryle, and I love F.F. Bruce and these guys. And, and of course, you know, we, we'll read, uh, depending upon what, uh, books they've written. There's some amazing works by uh, Luther, Martin Luther on Galatians and the book of Romans and Newell and all these guys. Are wonderful stuff. You can read those sermons, but I want to encourage you, Pastor. And listen, if you listen right now, this, this is going to put air in your lungs. It'll be a mantle on your shoulders. When you prepare for your sermons that you're going to f- serve up and feed people on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever you preach and teach, if you get it from the kitchen. If you get it from the kitchen where Jesus is there and the Spirit of God is there, and you work it out between you, God, the original languages, which are now fantastic, you can get online for free. Even Google knows Greek now. Google. You can, you can do that now. Did you know I just did that the other day? I heard something in the news. I thought it was fake news. And I even asked Alexa. She even knew it. And she's so lost I, I said, what's the Hebrew meaning to the word Hamas? Not Hamas. 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 You know Hamas? Do you know what the Hebrew meaning to Hamas is? Violence. Death. Destruction. Isn't that amazing? Now we can know the original language. You say, what does that have to do with anything? It has to do with everything. Jesus, I know this is hard to believe, especially for Californians back home. They think Jesus spoke like, Somebody from Newport Beach. He didn't speak in English. I mean, he could have if he wanted to, but he didn't. He used a very colorful language. First of all, him being raised the way that he was raised, he obviously knew Hebrew. Hello, he's God. He spoke Greek. He spoke Aramaic. Of course, he could speak anything he wants. He's God in skin. 
But when he spoke, he used very colorful language. Why? Because what we don't often get is that when we read the Gospels, for example, it tells you, and Jesus taught them saying, he opened his mouth and spoke this parable. I don't know if you know this or not, but when the Jews taught, they taught usually for an hour or two, which is my kind of sermon. As long as I'm teaching it, it's fine to go that long. Right? It's, and then at the end of a rabbi's teaching, he brought everything together that he had taught with a beautiful bow on top. It's called a parabolic ending, parable. He brings it together with a parable so that you see everything he just taught in color. Pastor, get your message from the Holy Spirit going through the Bible with a blank sheet of paper. And when God speaks to you, and this is gut-wrenching because you're not sure. We're not sure, by the way. Those of you who are not pastors, we want to tell you, Sunday morning, when we show up to the pulpit, We know what we're supposed to say, but we're not sure how it's going to go down. How many of you cook in here? Raise your hand if you're a cook. That's it? Five of you cook. That's why you're here tonight. Five of you cook. The rest of that's why we're here. So when you you cook something, my mom was a tremendous cook. She would never eat. My mom would be in the kitchen and she would be watching to see how everybody at the table consumes the meal. She's looking. She couldn't eat. Listen, when you serve up a meal on Sunday or whenever you teach, if you've been in the kitchen with the Holy Spirit preparing it, you can trust in 100% without any doubt the mantle that fell from Elijah and fell on Elijah is falling on you. It's the will of God that his people be ministered to. But remember in the book of Ezekiel, God told the prophets, make sure you put cotton in your armpits and in your uh, crotch. Did you know that? It uses a different word, but it means crotch. Put cotton. The priest must wear cotton. You know why? He says, none of my priests in the ministry shall sweat. I love that. You know why? We're not supposed to sweat. Oh, what am I going to do? The church is, what do you mean, what are you going to do? You're going to pray and you're going to teach the Bible. Feed them. Feed them. You'd be surprised what's going on. Is there drama at your church? I mean, unusual drama. It's true. There's drama at every church. I'm not going to go to, I can't go to a church. It's not, there's no good church. I can't find a perfect church. You'll never find a perfect church. It doesn't exist. Isn't it amazing that God saved us? One name has brought us together here tonight. One name, just one name has brought us together here tonight, here, right now, and it's forever. That name, Jesus Christ. Jesus. And the awesome truth is this. When you sit alone with him, because I believe it's a lonely work, even though you're not alone, he'll give you the message for the flock, and it starts to cook. You know what it tastes like, but you don't know if others are going to like it. It's not for you to determine if they like it. It's for you to determine that you're going to give the meat and the potatoes of truth. They, listen, people can go anywhere and everywhere to get their Baskin Robbins of Christianity. We just went through COVID. Notice the people that flocked to your church were the people that were getting dessert all their life. And when the world hit them, they didn't know what to do. So they went and looked for stability. Where whenever you are anchored to stability, to stability, that is contagious. And America is hurting. Our nation is in trouble. I don't know what's going to happen with our country. Certainly, if I was God on plan A, it's too late. America has rejected me, kicked me out of school, kicked me out of court, kicked me out of everything, kicked me out of conversation. They, they've, no, it's all done. They, He could take plan A. He could do plan A. And if we were to say, God, how could you do that? He'd say, oh, just because, you know what? There's 70 million babies that never got a chance to see the light of day. I'm really big on that. I wrote about that in my scriptures. Not a good thing. I could start there. Or plan B. 
Plan B could be, and I'm, I'm praying for plan B. Plan B is that you and I are still alive for such a time as this. It's not by mistake. Okay, and the, you cannot deny that God is preening, pruning, preparing the church right now. You cannot deny it. Notice, people that you and I used to, like David said, that we used to go up to the house of the Lord together. Where are they now? Not only have people abandoned faith, but they've turned and they've run, or they've gone and embraced other things. What does this mean? Friends, listen, this is very sobering. The Bible tells us, does it not? Those that have left the faith, they were among us, but they were not of us. Doesn't that hurt? What if it's, what if it's a family member? I know pastors who've turned away. These are the last days. I don't know what your eschatology is. I don't really care. The truth is this. If the Bible said 2,000 years ago, if, if the Bible says in the New Testament, these are the last days, and then John, leave it up to John, precious John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. John said, mm, you've heard that the last days are coming. I say unto you, it's the last hour. I like John. If he said that then, it's the last minute. Friends, look around. The world is all but on fire apart from the grace of God. So I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up with this bit of encouragement. How much we need a mantle on us today, we better see to it, pastors. We're wearing his mantle and not the mantle of, of um, uh, I'll just pick on, on Biola University or Azusa Pacific or uh, whatever. I got my degree from Liberty. Who cares? Seriously. The people, the flock, want, they want to know if you've got a mantle on you from God. And, and I said, well, how do, how do I do this? So simple. It's so simple. We are only allowed to regurgitate the word of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they'll follow me. You, you listen, you want the key to church growth? Simple. Give them his word. Jesus will tell people, I don't care if they live, there's... There's families that live in crazy places who drive every Sunday to our church because they're getting the word. So how'd you get here? What are you doing here? We come for the word. People will come out of the woodwork to get to your church to get the word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in them. And they'll be tooling along. They might be working or driving or mowing their lawn. And a thought will enter their head. I want you to go to this Baptist church or this congregational church or this Calvary Chapel or this uh, non-denominational. He'll just drop it in there. He's, it's, he's not promoting the denomination. Okay, that's gone. Okay, that's silly. He's promoting the fact that you are about ready to serve up the word of God. This is secret. The Holy Spirit knows that you're pursuing him. You're desiring the mantle of God to minister to God's people. And the Spirit of God knows that. So because the Word is in you and you're going to serve it on Sunday, which is a very terrifying moment for the pastor, it is, causes us to fall on our face all the time. But when they start to respond and say, that ministered to my heart. Or maybe what if some people accept the Lord? How do, how do, you, how do you explain this? When, for real, when a seven-year-old comes forward at a church service to accept Christ, and an 82-year-old comes forward in the same message. Are you hearing me? You're not going to get that kind of success with Amway, Tupperware. Jesus does this. How do you do it? The Word. The Word. And so we are so grateful to Salem because I tell you what, they're committed to the Word. I love Chris. We're brothers. We're glued at the hip. That's not going to change anything. But if for some reasons the stockholders or somebody of Salem changed their mind someday and said, we want to do wokeness. Well, I'm going to exercise wokeness. <laughs> We're, we'll leave. No, right? But think about it. I'm here to tell you because we've done these things together. The leadership at Salem, they're dead, dead centered, focused on defending the truth in these last days. That is 
a rare thing in these days. So pastor, seek the mantle of God. Let it fall from heaven. Don't, don't, don't let people put it on you. Or don't let people try to take it off you. If it's from heaven, it ain't going anywhere because the gifts and the callings of God are given without him taking them back. And when you know, yes, it is true. I needed to hear that tonight. God did call me into the ministry. I remember. Then let the Holy Spirit fill you with fresh air in your lungs. Ask him on Sunday morning before you walk out to his people that he owns. They're not your people. That's why all of our pastors back home, it starts with me first. I tell them we're sheepdogs. That's who, he's the chief shepherd. We're sheepdogs. And we make sure that the sheep are safe and that they're, they're well taken care of. That's our job. And when we, when we see him, and I hope it's soon. I mean, I'm... I'm pre-millennial, pre-tribulational, sorry, but I love it. But if you're not, that's okay. I'm just enjoying myself. When a horn honks, I'm ready to go up. It's like, is that it? It's a great way to live. Is that it? <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, and so that's why I hang out with Barry McGuire. He tells everybody about Jesus at all times. Seriously. Hey, man, we could go up any moment. So tell them, tell them, and tell them, and tell them. Well, my dear pastor friend, you tell them, you tell them that God loves them. You tell them that they don't need to do anything to make the ministry work, but love him. If they hear from you that Jesus loves them and that his thoughts, in fact, what was your name again? I'm sorry. Alex? So who's, he said Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good and thoughts of a future. Not of evil, but to give your life a full and glorious end. That's God's will. And we as pastors, with all of the population that has been throughout all of human time, do you know how many few pastors there have ever existed on the planet? And we, right now in the 21st century, get to be several of them. In the grand scheme of things, what, a, what an amazing calling we have. And at the end, listen, it's not about the tweets. It's not about the seats. It's not about the crowds. It's not about even radio. It's not about television. It's not about any of this stuff. He's going to judge the pastor on this criteria. Were you faithful? And your chin is down like this, and you're going to think with me, we're going to be side-by-side bawling probably, thinking about all the things we missed and we didn't do that, we should have done that, and all this stuff. And he's probably going to pick our chins up off of our chest and look into our eyes and say, all that is what my grace is for. What I have found in you is faithfulness. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Pastor, I want you to be on fire because Jesus starts fires. He is, he is desiring to take the coal off the altar in our day and age. And we got to speak up for what's true. And I believe the church is being tested at this hour. How many churches, how many pastors will take the heat and say, we need to stand for the nation of Israel because Christ died for Israel. He died for the Gentile world. Christ was born in Israel. The Bible has Israel in it almost 700 times. And when he returns, he returns to Israel. And so we need to love on them and let them know. Find a Jew and tell them you love them. I close with this. Lisa was reading me an email that came into the office on the plane over here tonight, and, and uh, this man said, I'm a, I think he said he's 80-something years old. I came and I sat in the front row last Sunday. I'm a Jew. He'd come from Los Angeles. And he said, I, had not, I have not heard the word of God like this. I have not heard the Old Testament honored. I, have not heard, I didn't understand Jesus this way. And I... I 
I, every direction I turned, people were loving on me. Listen, pastor, give your people the word of God and turn them loose. Your church will be spoken of here on earth and in heaven. Father, I pray for the power of your spirit to breathe fresh life into all of our hearts. Lord, we confess tonight we're not getting any younger. So we need you even more. Lord, as long as these bodies are working, may we bring you glory. And Father, may we seize upon every opportunity to advance the gospel of Jesus. And Lord, I want to thank you publicly right now. We had a miracle yesterday, and I don't know if we realized it or not. Our government looked so nuts. And I have to confess, I got caught up into that. And you, you by your kindness, literally allowed at this hour, I think it's your mercy, that our Constitution actually worked yesterday. There was a lot of arguing and fighting for weeks. But it worked. Not only worked, but could you be telling us something through something that maybe a lot of people didn't realize that a real, on his knees, Bible teaching, Bible preaching, evangelizing, brilliant, lover of God, lover of America, lover of Israel, lover of his family, faithful, amazing man of God, who's on Christian boards and ministries. Mike Johnson is now the Speaker of the House. And his first order of business, his first order of business was to call upon the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is a miracle in our country today. And God, we pray, just as Chris said a moment ago, the answer's not in the State House and the answer's not in the White House. The answer is in God's house. But when the righteous are appointed, the authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, California groans. So God, have mercy, we pray, please. We give it all to you and we thank you, Lord, for this gospel that you've given to our trust for such a time as this. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. I just wanted to take a minute to present you with a little something, a token to remember tonight by. Um, it's, an, it's a crystal eagle, right? So what does Psalm 91.1 say? You know? Yeah, yeah. so um, Psalm 91.1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty, and that's where we want you to be, is under his wings, okay? So the Excellence in Leadership Award, Pastor Warrior Award, presented to Pastor Jack Hibbs on this day from all of you you. to Pastor Jack Hibbs. And so here you go. Pack that up, and we're really grateful for you and your message to all of us tonight. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you, brother. God bless you, Pastor Jack. And so we're going to also, well, let's see, uh, if you've got a daughter, you might have a reason to get these tickets. This is at your, your place setting. This is a daughter's journey. And so um, I was asked to remind you about that. But I, I, I want to present another award. We did this three years ago, Pastor Al Pittman and his beautiful wife, Norma. Pastor Al, are you here? Love you. Love you, Pastor Al. And um, we invented this thing called the Pastor Warrior Award, and we wanted to recognize a local pastor. See, that's the key to this whole thing, is a local pastor. Not a, nothing wrong with parachurch ministries. Not, nothing at all wrong with that. But the pastor is the one who's called, right? He's the one that the mantle's placed upon. So we wanted to recognize not just a great national guy who could come in and, and minister to you, but also a local pastor. So first year, it was Pastor Alan Norma. Last year, 
Todd Hudnell and Kelly, phenomenal pastors at Radiant Church. This year, I've really gotten to know this pastor, and there's no question in my mind that he's the one that deserves it this year because he's not only a faithful pastor preaching the word in season, out of season. Every time I hear him preaching at the road, he's doing a phenomenal expository preaching job to the people. But in addition to that, he opens his doors for all kinds of seminars on holy sexuality and helping us to learn what's going on in the culture and giving us biblical tools. And then he's got the debate with the mayoral candidates and they're on his stage in his church, Yemi and Wayne Williams standing right there in the church having a debate. Who does that? Steve Holt does that, his wife Liz, and I'm so honored to present this Pastor Warrior Award to Stephen Liz Holt from your friends and family here in the Colorado Springs community. Pastor Steve, come receive this award. We love you. We appreciate you. And we are so thankful and grateful for what you mean to our community. Come on up. Come on. Come on. Let's give it up for Pastor Steve and Liz. Come on, Liz. Come on, Liz. I want you to speak to these folks. The engraving just popped off. (laughs) But but you know the sentiment behind it. (laughs) From your friends and family here in Colorado Springs, and again, we're saying thank you for your faithfulness. You got over a hundred denominations in the room. What would you like to say to these people? Well, the kingdom of God revolution is coming, men and women. And God is moving, and this is the most courageous time in our history. It's the most exciting time in history. And God is moving in businesses. He's moving in finances. He's moving in in, uh, the political arena. He's moving among men. Every Tuesday morning, 400 men come to the road. And we minister to them in power. And God is transforming them. 150 churches represented on Tuesday morning. So it's really exciting. And I just want to thank all of you guys for being a part of Colorado Springs. But God's on the move. I can't think of a more exciting time. And I think COVID was a wake-up call. It was a real big wake-up call. And we chose not to close our doors. So did about 25 other churches here in the city. And we were honored by the fact that we, we tripled in growth. And we've been growing ever since because of that. So find courageous people, hang out with them, and a kingdom of God revolution is right around the corner. It's an exciting time to be alive. Amen. Love you. Liz, anything you want to say? Come on. Wow, I didn't expect the mic. <laughs> um, I just want to say that God our Father is wanting to speak to every heart of ours to know how to move and walk in these days. And we have people to love. We have people to bring the gospel to. We have people to fast and pray for. We have people that need Jesus. And just as Pastor Hibbs said to us, the time is short. Our lives are like vapors. And we have this amazing opportunity to be a walking prayer meeting, be a walking worship uh, service, be a walking word giver. And it's time. And love for all to join arms with all of you. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Steve. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, wow. So we're running to the finish line. We're going to sing. This is going to be beautiful. Okay. I don't know if I told you that. Be thou my vision. We're going to sing. Jared Bryant's going to come and lead us a cappella. Don't leave. We're going to all sing the first verse together. Then the women, number two, men, number three, and then all together again, number four. But before I hand it over to Jared, I forgot to mention when I introduced you, you talk about a kingdom of God revolution, Pastor Steve, right? Kingdom of God revolution. 
Who watched The Jesus Revolution? Everybody in the room, right? Love that, right? Phenomenal film. What was that story about? The life of Pastor Greg Laurie, right? Discipled by Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. You guys all know the story. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe you didn't know that in 1977, June 20th, it was Greg Laurie preaching at Costa Mesa, and Jack Hibbs came to the Lord. That's how he got saved. Talk about a kingdom of God revolution, man. That is powerful. Love, Pastor Greg. Love you and love you now. Pastor, lead us in. Be thou my vision. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, and I thy true Son. Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, Still be my vision, O ruler of all. That was amazing. Oh my goodness. Tonight was absolutely amazing. Thank you for everybody who came tonight and what you do for our community. As we are wrapping up here, everybody should have gotten a raffle ticket if you did that's good news because then you are in the running to hopefully win one of those beautiful baskets actually chris our lovely mc tonight his wife handmade a lot of those baskets and there's a lots of good stuff in there so make sure you stop at each vendor table and make sure you check to see if you have that winning ticket and if you do you get to take it home all righty thank you guys so much for being here chris is going to close us up in prayer Dr. Bob Bender, where are you at? <laughs> thank you, Hannah, and thank you, Cowboy Chris. Let's give it up for Chris Gould. He has a heart for the Lord, heart for our city, heart for pastors, and all of this is because of you. Thank you, buddy. You're, you're just, I tell you what, we love you, appreciate you and the staff, all the work they've done, make night a success. 
Well, Lord, we leave with the fresh anointing from the mantle of the Holy Spirit with fresh bread for our people to feed a hungry world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. You're dismissed. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525.